Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the mic, starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike, Mike Zlatnik. Today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome Steve uh, Weibel. Weibel like Bible. How are you, Steve? I'm good, Mike. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming uh, on the podcast. And uh, sounds like you, you hail from uh, sunny Tampa, Florida. That's exactly right. Well, sunny most days. <laughs> today, not, not so nice, but we like it. Yeah, I like Tampa. Tampa is a, is a very, very nice city. Um, so uh, tell a couple of words about you. You're a director of business development at uh, Credit Suite. And just tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, again, you live in Tampa, kids, cats, wives, pets. <laughs> there you go. All of the above. Um, All of the yeah. above. Well, I'm... Um you know, quick summary, elevator pitch. I'm an ex-Marine. I, uh, I've always owned my own businesses. This is my first actual job in my life at 54 years old. Uh, and the reason that I work here is because Credit Suite does something that's super important, teaching business owners how to build a business credit profile, something that nobody teaches. Uh, it was, certainly wasn't taught to me. I had to learn it the hard way. Uh, I am married, two children. They're adults, long gone. I'm all by my lonesome, my wife and, and our dogs. Uh, you, you you got some pets too. You got the yeah. dogs. Oh yeah, yeah, we do. They're I, like uh, kids. Pets are like kids. They're worse. <laughs> they're worse. <laughs> I don't know about that. Sometimes, uh, sometimes well, I have a cat. Maybe cat cat is different from dogs. But no, cat you can send to his room, or they'll send you to your room. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I'm, for, I'm really happy. I'm excited to be invited on to talk with you today, Mike. Um, you know what we do is is, is so important. Uh, that if they didn't pay me, if I was just a volunteer, I would do it. I would volunteer. So uh, let's let's dive into this. How do, so how do people build a business credit? W- w- what does it take? Um, I, I know it takes a long time or you could accelerate. I, I've heard these stories that there's a ways to accelerate business credit development. So just give give us the basics. Okay, so so the reality of it is there is no real way to accelerate it unless you know the proper order to go. So there are certain companies that will give small business owners credit uh, with no credit profile. Uh, and then there are others that you need to have something reporting before they'll approve you. So the problem with that most people run into is getting out of the gate. That's the difficult time for them. They don't know what to do, who to go to. Uh, and we've been trained our whole lives to when we see a blank social security number on an application, we put our social security number there. That's just the way we were raised and trained. Uh, and I'm here to tell business owners they don't have to do that. They can leave that blank. Can't put anything else in there, but they can leave it blank. The issue that they're going to run into is, one, who's going to approve them. That's, that's step one. And then how do I get approved? And what we like to talk about is something called fundability factors. And fundability factors are nothing more than a fancy name for fraud detection. Okay, so if I'm going to apply for credit from Big Mike Fund, uh, and I fill out a credit application, nine times out of ten, the company's not physically looking at that application. They're using artificial intelligence to look at that application. Just like when you apply for a credit card online, you, know, you get an instant answer. Nobody actually looked at your application. Artificial right. intelligence made a decision whether or not they were going to approve you based on your personal credit score, debt to income ratio, et cetera. So in the business credit world, they're looking for these fundability factors because you have nothing reporting. 
again, assuming that it's first time you're applying, there's uh, there you have nothing on your Dun & Bradstreet file, nothing on your experience. So they have nothing to hang their hat on. They have two choices. They can have you personally guarantee it, right. or they can look at you and see if you're a legitimate business in their eyes. And that's these fundability factors. That's pretty interesting. So, um, you know, I've started businesses. I'm just going back to my experience. I'm, I'm not an expert in business credit. At least we've, we've been successful getting credit with the banks that we work with uh, as we build history and a track record. And it takes time. It takes sometimes years to build that. Once you build that, then you become bankable and the banks work with you. Um, so do you typically um, work with banks that, that where you get the credit or it is more expensive credit where financing comes in the form of essentially um, kind of hard money loans, double-digit interest rates? Uh, or, or, what does the credit look like? So if somebody oh. comes to you, let, let's just talk through your process. So your company, uh, how does it work? Somebody comes to you, they want to start a business, they need capital, they don't have any history in the, that business. Um, what, what's the process? Give me some basics here. Sure, sure. And that's what I was going to dive into. So first and foremost, if, if somebody comes to us and they want to start a business and they want to get capital, the only way they're ever going to get, when I say capital, I'm talking cash, something they can use to spend anywhere, right? Uh, they're going to look at your personal credit. They have no choice. There's nothing else to hang their hats on. That's they right. really have no choice. Uh, like you said, it took you years to get to the point where the business had its own credit. The problem that most business owners run into is they'll be in business for years, still have never built up a business credit profile, and they're still personally guaranteeing everything. So we show them how to stop that from happening. Uh, and they start off getting things that most people don't like, which is vendor credit, right? Just like at some point you had a vendor you did business with and, and you paid them within the terms and they continued to do business with you or you continue to do business with them. The only difference is did they report or not report to Dun & Bradstreet? Like in my industry, in the printing industry, uh, they everybody reported. The paper suppliers, the ink suppliers, they all reported. And if I wanted to do business with the government or get an SBA loan, one of the first things they pulled was my Dun & Bradstreet file. They wanted to make sure I paid my bills because the government didn't want to give me money and have me not pay my vendors. That, that, that's, that's, that makes perfect sense. So vendor payments and working with vendors that will report, uh, that helps quite a bit. Uh, right. But how do people work with you? So somebody comes to you um, and what is the process? Just give me kind of a skinny. Real simple. So, so your Big Mike Fund decides they want to start building their business credit profile. We get them into our program. They get access to our platform and our advisors. And the first thing we do is have them enter all their info. Uh, and then we run what's called a fundability check. And what that really is, like I said, fraud detection. We're looking to make sure they have the proper type of phone number. Are they listed in the right directories? Is everything congruent? And we see this a lot where a business owner will start a business. They'll register the business, uh, let's say at 123 Main Street. Uh, but then they'll, re they'll get their EIN number with the IRS and, and give their home address because they don't want any IRS information going to their office, let's say. Right, so now... When lenders check, they run a fundability check, they'll see a mismatched address, they'll assume it's fraud and just deny it automatically. And don't look any further. Uh, and, and I see this all the time. No, it makes sense. The fundability check makes a ton of sense. Uh, what happens afterwards? Say the fundability check looks within reason or you help them correct uh, some of Then that things. first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna have them go to uh, starter vendors people who will give you credit, even though you have no revenue, you have no business credit reporting, but you're, you at least look fundable, they'll begin giving you credit. And the numbers are small, $1,000, $2,500. It's basically they're testing you. It's no different than an 18-year-old getting out of school and getting their first 
jewelry credit card or furniture credit card. It's a way to build their credit. Right? I see. I see. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge, but it's a credit card. It's like you can go get a credit card uh, today, a business credit card with a personal guarantee, and that builds a credit. It just builds a credit under the business name. If, if they report, that's correct. Um, like typically, like our starter vendors are going to be pe people that sell office supplies or a gas card. You can get a gas card for your business. So, you know, if you're traveling, you know, whatever, you can use your, your business gas card that reports. And what I tell people to do is, look, take advantage of this and use it and build your business credit profile. First of all, you're not using your personal credit. And utilization directly impacts your personal credit score, as you know. Right. right? So the less you use it, the stronger your score will be. So that it's there when you really need it. Right? Yeah, I have an interesting uh, comment, um, and I kind of learned it years ago uh, as, I, as I went and applied to, to credit. And then you give me give me a commentary on this. So years ago, I applied for credit with Chase, and I applied for credit with Capital One, and I had them both approve me. So having uh, business credit cards, very interesting thing I observed. The Capital One was reporting under my personal social security number, and a Chase was reporting under the business EIN. So it was kind of an interesting observation. I don't know if it's a bank thing where I didn't do something right uh, when I applied, but uh, it, it was kind of a business credit card, but it was reporting to my personal with Capital One, and I, I never bothered to, check, to, to change, but that was the observation. It was, was showing up on my personal credit report while the Chase was not. Kind of interesting. It's exactly right. As a matter of fact, that's one of the examples I use all the time. So it's ironic that they're the two banks that you talked about. Uh, Capital One, they wrote the word business on their credit card. It's not a business credit card. It's a personal credit card. Well, you could use it to for legitimate business. As long as you pay, uh, it works right. like a business credit card. Right, but it's still personal. It's reporting. It's, it, it's directly impacting your personal credit score, but through utilization, where the Chase card does not. So you'll have that inquiry that'll show up. And as long as you pay that bill on time, never miss a payment, it will never impact your personal credit score. You can max that card out and it will have zero impact on your credit. Zero impact. Yeah, pretty interesting observation. Um, so let's walk through the process. So somebody has uh, an established business, they have history, um, and, and, and they're looking for additional capital. And now we live in this, in this age of post-COVID environment. What has changed? Let's just talk about COVID impact. It feels like the easiest capital you can get, if you can get that PPP money. I don't know if it's still available or not. They, they, you know, maybe they'll have another right. round of, of stimulus and they'll have, and then the EIDL loan. Um, th those have been sort of the government, the cheapest money, and then they're very friendly. But beyond that, the credit has tightened quite a bit. I mean, we're, we're talking about, I, I talk to bankers, they just all, they're cutting their credit lines. They're reducing credit card balances for the reason that if it's unused credit, they have to um, account loss reserves against the outstanding credit. So the banks are, uh, they, they're reducing credit exposure. And if you apply for new credit, the underwriting is tighter than before. So how has it changed your business? What do you see? We've seen a 95% contraction in lenders. 95% have contracted and said, no, we're not lending right now. Everything's on hold. Uh, we saw American Express, and American Express is notorious for this, by the way. Whenever there's a financial issue in the country, 2008, 2009, same thing happened. If you have a $20,000 limit with them and your balance is 1000 they're going to lower your limit to 1100 
Yeah, that, uh, by the that, way, that observation yeah. I just heard from many people. Literally, there was an article. I just spoke with a number of people. That's exactly what's happening. You could be a perfect borrower, great borrower. Yep. But if you're not using that, 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 that credit, they will not, uh, they'll, they'll contract it. Not necessarily to, you know, to 1100 like you said, but they'll cut it down from, 15, from 20 to 15 or whatever. But they'll, they'll cut it down so that it looks better on their books. Yeah, and the worst part of it is they're, they're directly – it's funny. It looks better for them, but what they've done is they've taken your personal credit score and devastated it because you just went from 20% utilization to 75% utilization just by them lowering the limit, which drops yeah. your credit score. Yeah, that, that's, 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 uh, I've seen that's it. a very interesting observation. That is a very true observation today. It, yep. it seems a trend. So where do people get credit today? I mean, we're talking about if people come to you today, and most of the lenders have turned the faucet off completely. And, you know, we operate in uh, hard money space. We operate in other kind of uh, asset collateralized lending, and mm -hmm. it's different. I mean, we don't really care as much about personal credit, about, but rather we focus on collateral. If the collateral is good, the loan-to-value ratio is low, we, 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 can find, we can fund the deal. But on the other side, if you're looking for a business credit with no collateral or you know, your history operating business collateral. How does, you know, how do people get credit today in this very tight environment? Well, they can do one of two things. They can, um, they can build their profile, which we're finding a lot more people are stepping to the plate to do that because their personal credit just isn't there. And we tell them all the same thing. Look, build your business credit profile, but work on your personal credit at the same time because at some point somebody's going to look at it. So you, it, this is not a replacement for, this is an enhancement to. Right? Makes sense. That makes okay. a lot of sense. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll give a quick example. I had a client who, uh, high sevens credit score, good cash flow, had two businesses he ran, applied for a, an SBA uh, Express for $50,000. Was denied. He was furious because he knew he had good cash flow, he knew he had good credit, automatic denial. Went through our program, went back, reapplied, got an automated $100,000 approval. And the only difference was he had built up his business credit profile. So the primary offering of your uh, business is to help improve credit profile. You, you're not offering, you're not uh, brokering somebody else's line of credit. You, you are. No, no, we have, we have lenders we work with because the natural progression was people will come back and go, okay, I built my business credit profile. Now I need a loan. I don't know where to go. So it kind of developed on its own. It wasn't, we didn't go into it with that intention. So we have a finance department now. We just refer them to lenders that we know do a good job. Yeah, makes um, sense. So, so the problem was we had 300 plus lenders in February and in March we had six <laughs> that, yeah, that were yeah, lending, yeah. that were actually lending. Well, now, the, the, they're, they're reopening. I mean, they're beginning they to are. open little by little. And, and they will. This, look, anybody who lived through 08, and I did, I owned 300 properties at the time. We've seen this before. We know what the end result is. It's, in the end, their job is to lend money. That's the business they're in. They have to lend money. So they just want to be protected. Uh, what we're finding right now is it's still fairly easy to get high limit business credit cards, like a Chase. Um, we have a program where our borrowers can get up to $150,000 at 0% interest, which is just the introductory rate. Um, and they can use that, you know, they can even we show them how to take cash out if they necessarily need it. Uh, so that's giving a lot of people flexibility, especially right now, so they can pay bills. Um, that's, that's the easiest thing we're seeing to get. Uh, if you have cash flow, there's still cash flow financing. It's always going to be there. It's not going to be cheap, but it's always going to be there. 
Uh, except uh, we saw. What does it mean? Just uh, if you cash, cash flow finances, you're bringing in twenty thousand dollars a month, so about a quarter million dollars a year. You're typically going to get about a thirty thousand dollar loan on that. About fifteen percent of your annual revenue, they'll lend you. And uh, is this? Um, I just want to make sure this is not uh, merchant cash advance, no. right? Because no, that is like the biggest fraud out there. I don't know who oh else my god! Yeah, it. they yeah, charge yeah. you eighty percent or some 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 obscene. <laughs> They somehow get away from the you know, any kind of regulation and do it, but we're talking about. Uh, so you mentioned introductory rates on credit cards, which is uh, I've heard that before. Uh, the only caveat on that, just a, you could open it up if somehow tied to your personal um, uh, social security number. If you pull all the credit, your credit score is going to fall through the floor. Not necessarily. It depends on the card you get. You have to know who to go to. Like you run into that example, Chase. And Capital One. Yeah. So I did this program, my brother and I, and we pulled about 70, about 70,000. Now we did it with something else in mind. We know if you manage your credit cards properly, especially business credit cards, they tend to double the limits about 12 months later, as long as you manage it properly. So we intentionally got it, uh, used them a little bit, just enough to whet their appetite, so to speak, paid everything off, and they did. They doubled our limits to 150 this year. And we did that with a very specific purpose in mind. We know the real estate market's going to do a pullback. And that's our industry. That's the industry we were in. So we're, we want to be prepared for when that happens. So we have access to $150,000. Plus, we, you know, we flipped over 300 homes, so we know a million hard money lenders. Uh, we just wanted to make sure we had that available. But what was great about it is because we only got cards that only reported on business credit, we accomplished two things. Our business credit profile is strong. But more importantly, any personal debt that we did have, we moved it over to the business, right? Paid it off there, but we moved it to the business, and both our scores skyrocketed into the 800s. Interesting, yeah. Because we had no debt. We had zero utilization on our personal credit. Yeah, it's a pretty powerful concept if you can do it uh, properly. Yeah, yeah it really, it, so now if I find an apartment building, let's say, that I'm interested in, uh, I know my credit's good, my brother's credit's good, we have the capital that we can draw cash out when we need, I can step to the plate and do that deal. Uh, that, that makes sense. So um, what's, what are the typical terms on these introductory? So besides the zero introductory rate on a credit cards, what, what else? Give, give me some other products. What else do you Well, do, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a lender. Remember, we only refer to other lenders. But, but I mean, I'm asking you, know, you the lenders you know. Okay, what so like the, the SBA, you're, you're going to see the low rates of 5%. We have a couple SBA lenders. Uh, when we look at, at receivable financing, it could be high as 12 or 13%. It's hard money um, factoring effectively. Basically, it is. Yes, exactly. Um, what we want to see our borrowers get is a line of credit with their bank. Like we're not in the lending business. We're in the education business. They said we only happen to have that department because they didn't know where to go. And, and if they're banking with the Bank of Americas or, or you know, the larger banks, they don't care about these small business owners. So I generally say go, go to a, a, a small local bank. You'll have a lot more influence there. That is absolutely the, the, the truth. I mean, we yep. have the same experience. Uh, working with a smaller regional bank, you have much better chances of getting a line, a relationship line, versus uh, some of the big boys. I mean, this with all due respect, but the big boys, they, they know how to charge a bunch of fees, and they yep. want to work with big businesses. If you're a small business, uh, you're low on the priority uh, line. And even if you're working with a competent banker, uh, the, the, the process is just so uh, fragmented. <laughs> the frontline banker, 
the salespeople and the, the back the, the back office people make your life a nightmare. Kind of interesting. With a smaller bank, your frontline banker can talk to the back back office person, while with the big banks you can't. So it becomes a very very different process. So yeah, we uh, when I had my printing company, we went for a line of credit. We were doing twenty five million, so we're running twenty five million through their bank. And it was a nightmare to get approved. There was a little line. We were only looking for half a million, which that's one week's revenue, right? Um, they turned us down. We pulled 25 million, pulled our revenue, moved it to a small local bank, approved in an hour. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, what's your general experience when you get a line? Is it, uh, my experience has been 10, 12% of your uh, revenues. Is that about right? Typically, yeah, typically. Typically, before, it's, it's, before COVID, now it's all yeah, all it's all over off. the place. Everything we talk about today could be outdated in three weeks <laughs> or three months. Uh, that's the one thing about business credit that's so interesting. Uh, I wrote a book last Thanksgiving, and now anybody who buys it, I feel like I want to refund their money because half the data is outdated. It's no good. Um, it's it's a constant moving target, and that's why having our team of researchers that we have, that's all they do, is they're constantly testing, retesting, reapplying, making sure everything's still working the way it's supposed to work. It's a big deal. Yeah, that, that is. We live in the in the days of high uncertainty, and that high uncertainty is going to be um, the the only. What, what do they say? The uh, there's only one um, fixed in the in the universe. It's right. a constant. It's a constant change. And, exactly. and then the, the change, uh, the amount of change is a function of volatility and uncertainty. And we are in that high volatility, high uncertainty time timeline. Yeah. And I think because of that, we've never been busier. Like people that we've been, we've been preaching this for years. And when this happened, all of a sudden, small businesses are like, whoa, I wasn't ready. I need to make sure I'm ready next time. Well, it makes sense. Before it was easier. Now it's gotten a whole lot harder. So people who need it... Um, uh, th this is very important. So w w just a couple of things about your offering. Uh, how do people find you? Do you have a webinar, training, educational product? W what do you... Well, they could go to creditsuite.com. Um, that's S-U-I-T-E. And on the front page, they can just opt in and get a, f a free four-step business credit building guide. Nobody's going to call them or bother them. Uh, we have, man, 4,000 videos on YouTube about building business credit. So if you want to just kind of go do your research, good luck. 4,000 videos. Have fun. Um, we're out there. We're everywhere. Our goal, our, our big rock, we call it, is to help 150,000 business owners next year and a half a million in the next three years build their business credit profile. So I, I think it's a vitally important for the um, well-being of, of uh, our country uh, because the small business is the fundamental block uh, that, 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 that uh, creates uh, employment, creates um, jobs and creates uh, you know businesses and the big companies are doing generally pretty well today I mean if you think about it what has happened COVID has differentiated between the winners and the losers in a big way that's exactly right that's right? exactly it, right uh, I was reading an article the other day uh, so big um, companies uh, like Activision some of the technology companies they are bringing bonds to the market and the bonds are oversubscribed 10x I mean not a joke what a joke! They, they that that the, those bonds that 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 is in super high demand, and the rates are below two percent, and, and and they're very cheap credit, and they are raising a ton of money, and it's available to them. If you're a small business, good luck. You can't get it. It's that's the whole issue. It's 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 really really hard. So the banks are and and same thing with investors. Everybody's gravitating to highest certainty, 
higher quality, and then they're looking for yield investors. But the challenge is they are afraid of um, of lending to small business, and they can't charge yield big enough to compensate for risk because the risk is very hard to quantify. It's one of the uh, standard responses when you apply for credit. Well, we need to see current data for longer during this this post-COVID environment, see stabilization that your business is stable, and you can they can actually underwrite based on stable data. But a lot of businesses have, have have had volatility and uncertainty, and that's the primary issue: how long it'll take for the things to restabilize. And that's what annoys me about the government deciding who the winners and losers are, right? So I don't know. I, I've not, since this happened, understood how I could walk into a Home Depot, no problem, but my local little hardware store had to close. Made no sense to me. Yeah, it's it's gotten absolutely uh, ridiculous. I, I remember even in the phase one, and I'm in New York, uh, you know, if you, if you sell any little food in your store, and you could be selling all kinds of other things, but if you have a little food, you're considered to be essential. And if you, if you don't do that, you're no longer essential, you can't operate. Yeah, it's been very difficult uh, to operate in the government-mandated and regulated environment. I mean, the bottom line is, uh, how, do we, how, do, how does the government know better than you how to run your business? <laughs> they, they don't. <laughs> Trust me, they don't. <laughs> I've done business with the government, and I'm telling you, they don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it, the intention is good, but I, you know, I go back to where I grew up. I grew up in the former Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and then the government told people everything, what to do, how to do, and uh, it's a socialistic society, but it's really a totalitarian regime. And then uh, the problem becomes it, it just regulators uh, and the bureaucrats in charge. It creates a lot of corruption, a lot of inefficiency, and the rules are created for the sake of creating rules to empower bureaucrats rather than to do good things. So in reality, uh, the, the, the government uh, regulated shutdowns as much as it was necessary for the health reasons for a short amount of time. But beyond that, um, uh, nobody knew what really was going on. But today, it's pretty clear that uh, it's, you know, it, it, yes, it, it is a serious thing. I, I, I don't discount the virus. I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high risk to people, but at the same time, uh, who is a better, you know, the person, the people who are at risk, Give, you know, I can't go see my mom yeah. who is 90, right? I mean, that's right. the whole point. Right? right. But you can't turn the business off because there's a slight chance that somehow uh, an older relative could, could, could pass as a result of this. And we're careful. Yeah. But I'm in, that, in the same boat having a 90-year-old mom, which I worry about it. But the protection is not to shut off the business, but rather separate, you know, shield the people who are at high risk. So. And that's it. That's what my wife and I were, uh, were down at Clearwater Beach just driving by this past weekend. And I saw 100,000 people on the beach. 100,000 people. Easy. And I'm looking, I'm going, and I walked into a pizza shop the other day and they threw me out because I forgot to wear a mask. I mean, this is like upside down crazy world. I wish I had known this was coming because I'd have bought Amazon stock. I mean, you want to talk about winners in this game? They, are, yeah. they were the winners in this game. Yeah, e-commerce, uh, including Amazon, are massive winners. Obviously, you're, you know, we're in Zoom, the Zoom and other telecommuting, right. telecom, all this stuff is, 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 makes a ton of sense. So anyway, anyway. We're all for tension. We're kind of uh, out of time. F- final comments, final thoughts, uh, how people get a hold of you, uh, and any you know, final message. Well, certainly they can go to, like I said, creditsuite.com. That's S-U-I-T-E. Get your free business credit building guide. Uh, it, we're, we're always offering webinars where you can learn more about it. You can reach out to us directly at 
Look at this. I don't even know my own number. I know my direct number. Oh, uh, remember, remember the website. Just remember the yeah, website, which website, is more yeah. important. It's 877-600-2487. Um, they can reach out. They can ask for me. My name's Steve Weibel. They can talk to anybody. Everybody here is willing to help. We're not really a sales organization. And what I mean by that is when people reach out to us, the last thing we try to do is sell them anything. We want to educate them first, kind of like tasting the brownie, have a taste of the cookie, right? And if you like the cookie, you're more than welcome to come back and buy more. Right? So it makes don't a ton be afraid. Of sense. He who ed educates dominates is an expression. Right. If you, if you right. educate and then you provide genuinely a good service that beers, builds trust and rapport, and then that's, that's, that's the, the first step. It's most and that's what we want to do. So if you're unsure, just reach out. Uh, we'll look at your fundability factors. We'll let you know if there's something you need to correct, and we'll show you how to correct it. And that'll be the end of the conversation unless you choose to have a longer conversation. Makes a lot of sense. I appreciate your wisdom. appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, and um, love to have you back another, another day when we see a little bit more stability and clarity. Because no right doubt, now Mike. it's just all too fluid. I wish we knew. It it. It, it's, by, by the way, just a quick, quick um, thought uh, back to the, to the vaccine. It's so crazy out there. It's the final and we're going to shut, shut down. I, took, I had to take my kid to the doctor today. And um, the craziest thing, one of the patients of a doctor somehow got the COVID. It's just, you know, the doctor sees a, sees a pediatrician. And, and, and then they trace. Now they start doing all this tracing. And they trace it to the doctor. And they, they wanted to shut the doctor off so she can't see the kids for two weeks to be quarantining while there are sick kids that needed her care. And she didn't feel sick. She, she tested. And the craziest thing about it, you could have good intentions, but road to hell is paved with good intentions. So, right. yes, you, you, you're, you're telling a doctor, don't go, don't go treat sick kids. And instead, sit at home for two weeks. And uh, she's vital. I mean, the, the, the small kids, she, she treats a lot of kids. And it's, it, makes, it makes a huge difference in people's lives. So we had an interesting conversation, and she got through it, but she said, listen, you know, when the Department of Health calls you, and you're a doctor, and they regulate you, and they tell you go sit at home instead of go to work and, and help uh, other kids, it was a little, you know, you, you, you think about it. That's not it's right. disconcerting, sure. Absolutely. Well, look, Mike, I, 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 Thank you, first Steve. of all, best of luck with your, with your, with your mother. Um, and, you. uh, and I hope, you know, everybody gets through healthy, wealthy. I think you're going to see this thing slow down and disappear real soon. I sincerely hope so. I mean, the, the primary hope is vaccine. Uh, I'm a little bit more cautious. I wish it would disappear. I, I do feel it's going gonna, it's gonna to be around most of 2021 until there's a good amount of vaccination. Uh, and, and it's not that trivial. But I, I mean, I share your optimism, although I am a little bit more cautious just knowing the um, little bit of, uh, you know, <laughs> my wife is a optometrist and we talk <laughs> about it. it. You know, <laughs> gotcha. people have different opinions. But we all wish it went away faster. We wish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. I had a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully your, your, your uh, listeners learned something. Uh, and it, once again, they can reach out to us at creditsuite.com if they have any questions. Thank you. It was a great share. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to bigmikefun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike Zlotnick. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.